You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. Hey guys, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to episode number 33 of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Um, so thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, good to be chatting with you guys again. It's been a little while. It's been a couple of months since I've released a, a podcast episode. Never really one who's all that great at sticking to any kind of a consistent schedule. Um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm firing off episodes all the time. Sometimes I go, I go kind of dark for months and it's been one of those, couple of months. Um, been very busy with a number of projects, working on a lot of different campaigns for a lot of artists, uh, the holidays and all that fun stuff, and just generally busy. So there haven't been a lot of podcasts coming out, but um, I believe that's about to change. And uh, this episode marks the, the beginning of hopefully a busy new year of all. Uh, of a lot of new content uh, for you guys. Today, in this episode, we're going to be talking, well, about Spotify. We're going to be talking about, well, not Spotify, actually. We're going to be talking about streaming um, because I have been saying the same thing a lot in emails and comments. I've been getting a lot of questions from folks saying, what about streaming, you know? Uh, and, and, and that's really what this is about. What about streaming? So, I, as you guys know, as most of you guys know, I've been pushing a sales-driven model for a very long time, and I couldn't be more um, passionate about that. Not passionate. I, I'm I'm absolutely still set in in uh, my perspective that a sales-driven model is the right way forward for most independent artists, and I, I personally believe that despite all the headlines that have us all talking about streaming, you're going to see more and more independent artists coming to that conclusion. I'm going to explain what I mean, I'm going to explain why, and uh, I'm going to talk to you about how exactly at least from my perspective, streaming should fit into the music marketing manifesto model because I'm not here to say that it doesn't have its place or that streaming is terrible. I'm not, um, and I probably said I probably have said as much at some point years ago um, um, or in the past. But that's not what I'm here to say. I don't believe that, uh, and and if streaming is certainly here to stay, but. I think there's a fork in the road ahead of us, and I think we need to stop just swallowing what the various music industry blogs are putting out there, hook, line, and sinker, because frankly, most of most of them are reporting on things they barely understand, and, and even if it is good information, it's coming from the mainstream music industry, which is a very different industry um, than than the businesses that we run as independent artists. Um, and again, I think that, and we'll be talking about this more, but I think that represents that, again, that fork in, a, in the road that is in front of us. And we need, to, we need to be thinking about that and talking about that. So that's what we're going to do in this uh, episode. Um, before we get into all of that, again, I just kind of want to um, ask you guys to do me a bit of a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, if you like the show, please do head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast. Leave a rating and review. Those things really do help. Um, and if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for the Music Marketing Blueprint. It's a free 30-minute uh, presentation that I put together. You can find it at Music Marketing 
manifesto.com. You should see it in the nav bar there. Uh, this is something like free training video. Um, it really just breaks down the, the marketing strategy, gives you a broad overview of the marketing strategy that uh, I, I teach and advocate and have been um, helping to develop over the last decade, if you can believe it. It's been a long time that I've been, I've been doing this. Um, technically, it's actually been longer. I think the first little music marketing manifesto ebook came out around 2007, but it was around 2009 that things really ramped up and it turned into the business that it is today. So anyway, do that if you haven't already signed up and, and check that out. All right, so um, we're going to take a brief break, and when we return, we're going to be talking about uh, streaming, you know, answering that question, what about Spotify? All right, back in a sec. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast. All right, we are back. Now, I'm going to do my best to address a very common question that I see almost every day in one form or another, and that is, you know, what about Spotify? What about the streaming platforms? And I I get asked this because while the majority of the industry is out there talking about streaming and how the music industry has changed and no one buys music anymore... Here's this John Ojaka guy talking about selling albums and how, you know, take my course, I'll teach you how to sell thousands of albums. Um, so naturally people are going, what do, you, what do you mean sell albums? Aren't albums a thing of the past? Who, who's doing that? It's all about streaming, isn't it? Well, n- no, it's not. Um, certainly the music industry is, is trending away from sales. Um, that has been happening for a number of years now and it's going to continue to happen. Uh, the mainstream music industry in particular. However, Let's let's make it clear. A lot of money is still being spent on actual albums, on uh, CDs, vinyl, and even digital albums. Uh, last, according to Statista, I think it is dot com. I'm not looking at it right now. I think that's the site. Um, last year, 2018, 141 million was generated in album sales, um, and the year uh, or five years prior. Uh, it was at about 280, so almost exactly double. It's dropped by about 50% in the last five years, which is serious. It's a, you know obviously massive. Um, let's not forget that this does not include all of the new ways that people purchase music, like crowdfunding and, and Patreon and all of these new uh, alternative purchasing options, which are only going to increase and become more and more interesting. Let's just set that aside for now. Um, but that's still a significant amount of money being spent. People will still buy music. However, as I, I've touched on before, um, the buying triggers for the mainstream music industry are very different than the buying triggers for the independent uh, music industry. And as I as I said before the break, I really see a fork in the road where people are going to start to realize that the industry has already splintered into two different, if not industries, at least very different business models. What works for the mainstream artists is not necessarily what's going to work for the average independent artist, um, and to some extent, perhaps vice versa. Um, but uh, let's before I get too far off track, let's kind of talk about that and take a look at at these two different models. So we have the mainstream music industry that has shifted towards streaming. One, because it's good for the consumer. You know, streaming is great. Who doesn't want to have most of the music on earth in their pocket? 
for a few dollars a month or, or a few ads. Um, consumers like it. It sort of, to some extent, was the solution to the piracy problem, and it's here to stay. Um, but the other reason that the mainstream music industry had to embrace it is because, again, those buying triggers are very different. The reason we consume most mainstream music is because some company, a major label, is out there spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, um, completely saturating the international marketplace with a a song and and an artist uh, and and creating ultimately a real relationship between us and the song. And then we turn in to our our Spotify apps and we engage with that song by listening to it from time to time. We add it to a playlist and, you know, we listen to the song whenever we feel like it or feel like playing our favorite playlist that contains that song. Um, but, but we buy or consume in this case because of what is happening on the national stage and a lot of curiosity, not so much because we feel a, a personal connection to that artist. And this is part of what led to stream, uh, not streaming, but piracy. People didn't feel that connection with the artist and really didn't have a huge uh, uh, issue with going and, and essentially stealing that music. However, when we take a look at independent artists, people consume independent music for very different reasons. We, nobody has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars shoving that song down our throat. We're not necessarily connected to the song uh, or any one song as much as we're connected to that artist. We tend to subscribe to one of their channels, be it an email list or a social media list or a YouTube channel. Uh, we engage with their content and after engaging enough times, we start to feel like we kind of know these people. We're part of their tribe. And when that artist asks for our support, uh, we are usually happy, or at least a, a significant percentage of us are happy to offer that support. So it kind of boils down to at least some extent reciprocity. Um, we've, these people have been entertaining us. We know them. We like them. We read their posts, their comments. Maybe we've left comments or sent in emails. Uh, and again, we're part of that tribe. And when they ask for their support or our support, that is, we're, we're happy to lend it. And that is manageable on, a re on the relatively small scale of an independent artist. Uh, as an independent artist, we can we can go out there, most of us, anyone with any kind of talent at least, um, can go out there and generate a loyal audience of a few thousand people. Um, and if you have an audience of a few thousand people, you can monetize your relationship with that audience in a significant way. And this doesn't mean just selling one album. It, it means Usually, um, you know, building a mailing list, building an active social channel or two or three or ten and communicating with those fans, keeping them entertained with tons of free content, music, videos, blog posts, um, social media engagement and the rest of it. Um, and then from time to time throughout the course of each year, asking them to spend some money with you. That might be on your next album. It might be on a Patreon campaign. It might be a private membership site, something I'm personally very excited about. And you'll be seeing a lot more from me on that front. Uh, in the coming months, uh, it, it might be a 
crowdfunding campaign. It might be a house concert tour. It might be a traditional tour. It might be a holiday promotion. And the list goes on and on. It could be a box set and, you know, a live album. I, I, any, the sky's the limit on, in terms of things that you can ultimately sell to that audience. You don't want to do it too much. It can't just be sell, sell, sell. It has to be Again, a real relationship and a, an interesting channel. Um, you know, nobody watches, or very, very few people watch the info marketing channel. They they watch channels uh, with fantastic content and then stick around through the commercials because they want to get back to that content. And the, the same is important with with our model. But if you do that, you can generate a lot of money off of a relatively small number of people and actually make a living as as compared to the mainstream model, which revolves around generating an enormous audience and, gener- and, and generating a minuscule amount of money off of each one of those fans. Let's just kind of run through some really rough math that I put together, and which is possibly wrong because uh, that's how I roll. But um, I was... I was doing some reckoning that if you had a thousand real fans, a thousand people that would buy your album or that would take an action based on you saying, hey, I need your help. I need your support. And you asked all those people to buy an album. You generate 10,000 bucks, not not enough, give or take, and not enough to live on by any stretch. But remember, this is just one promotion. Um, If you took that same... Uh, those same 1,000 fans and said, hey, the, the music's on Spotify, please go listen to it. Um, it would take every single one of those people to uh, stream that song uh, five times a day, uh, every day for about a year in order to generate the same amount of revenue. And that's just not going to happen. So again, um, if you've got a huge amount of marketing muscle behind you and you can generate hundreds of millions of streams then then streaming you know really can be a money maker but if you don't if you're the average independent artist who's going to really have to work hard to generate a few thousand fans then i would really really strongly suggest that you try to embrace a sales driven model um as opposed to just handing over all of that potential revenue to the streaming platforms. Um, this does, once again, does not mean that you want to ignore streaming completely. It is where the consumers are. You do want those fans to be able to engage with your music, add it to their playlist. You want to keep yourself open to that potential revenue source. You also want to make your music available for music discovery so new people can find you. Um, this is all very important, and there is money to be made there. Um, but uh, again, the average independent artist is really struggling on that front. And there are a ton of exceptions to this. I mean, anytime I say this, I hear from one or two artists say, well, I make 5,000 a month with streaming. It, it certainly can be done, but it's a lot harder than going and generating a tribe of loyal fans. And in most of those cases, you know, there's some, there, there's, they've either got an enormous audience or there's some anomaly there that ultimately leads to that success, like a, a hit 10 years ago or, or a novelty track that has just really caught on. Um, so, um, and, and again, in most of those cases, and not all of them, most of those cases, people who are generating revenue, most of the revenue is coming from just a handful of songs. So what I'm suggesting is that independent artists should embrace sales-driven models, the sales funnel model that I teach in my course, Music Marketing Manifesto, uh, which involves driving traffic, 
building a mailing list, building a relationship with that mailing list, and then monetizing your relationship with that mailing list over time, meaning you run, again, multiple promotions over the course of each year. And in addition to that, you release, let's call them the quote unquote singles to the streaming platform. So you're still opening yourself up to revenue and you're still opening yourself up to the benefits of artist discovery. Um, and hey, if in time you want to release your older catalog to the streaming platforms in their entirety at some point down the line, you certainly can. But again, it certainly begs the question, well, why not preserve that potential or that income potential by uh, offering it? directly to your fans. So that's fundamentally it. Um, that's my per, my feeling on streaming. That's where streaming fits into my model. It's there as a supplementary income source. It's there as a, an artist discovery tool. It's there as an engagement tool for existing fans. But the average independent artist is going to have a far easier time generating a significant amount of income from a small number of loyal fans uh, than they are going out and generating those millions of streams each and every, well, it'd take about a million a month for the average solo artist to make, you know, an sort of modest living um, or, well, I guess that's a decent, can we call 60 grand a year a decent living? I suppose for most musicians, it certainly would be. Um, but if there's any takeaway, if there's any one thought I want to try to drive home, it's that we, we really, and I said it earlier, but we really don't need to just kind of go, Oh, what's everybody else doing? I'll go and copy that. Everyone else is doing streaming. That's, that's what all the famous artists that I follow are doing. I'll go and copy that. That's, precisely why I started Music Marketing Manifesto way back in 2009. It was because I saw, and, and I was one of these people, every independent artist just copying what the major labels were doing and blowing all their money on radio. Back then it was just radio, tour, sell albums. Um, now it's make an album, get it on the streaming platforms. Half of you are just spamming the world with those links, hoping that it's going to add up to something. The other half is building a real following and monetizing their relationship with that following through streaming. But I'm suggesting that if you do have that following and you compartmentalize these different revenue streams, instead of just kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, if you actually compartmentalize a bit, embrace different marketing strategies and window to some extent the release of your album. Windows, uh, if you're not familiar with the term, it just means uh, it's kind of like what the film industry does where they don't release a movie on all platforms at once. They release it in the theaters first, and then it um, goes to like the online purchasing channels like iTunes. Then it goes to uh, the streaming platforms like Netflix, and finally like cable television. So if we do that with our music, where we sell directly to the consumer, to our fans, um, while using streaming as an uh, additional revenue source, potentially releasing our larger catalog to those platforms down the line, um, we're going to make far more money um, than we would if we only embrace streaming. Album sales are not dead. Fans will still spend money with you if you have a relationship with those fans and if they can't get the music anywhere else. Um, and you know, I touched on this earlier. Another really important thing to understand is that with this direct-to-fan sales model, it's not tied to the album. It's tied to 
purchasing directly from artists. And that, I can promise you, is not going away. We will always be, we will always have an industry in which individuals spend money with artists on music. That may not be a traditional album eventually. It may mean an, an app. It may mean a membership site. It may be campaigns or platforms similar to Patreon. Um, certainly, we're already seeing those kinds of solutions out there where we sell a greater experience uh, for a, a particular price, and those real supporters get behind us and spend money with us. And it's there's just an enormous amount of money left on the table if you're not embracing a direct-to-fan sales model. And we need to be careful about just doing what everybody else is doing because um, what works for Beyonce is probably not going to work for, you know, the average independent artist in Silver Lake <laughs> or wherever. Um, so that's my two cents on streaming. I think the industry as a whole uh, has a lot of, a lot more rethinking to do. I think as people become smarter and smarter and start actually looking at the numbers more in their business, um, they're going to start to see this. And I've already seen a lot of discussion about this out there. Um, but I think we're going to see more of it where people go, well, wait a second, this streaming thing is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be. I released the last album on streaming and I made a fraction of what I did on the one before. Um, and so benefit from this relatively new platform and technology, um, but don't rely on it just because it's what the mainstream industry does. Their business model is not your business model. All right, that's it for, uh, for now. If you'd like to learn more about Music Marketing Manifesto, what it is that I do, the different programs that I offer, head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com uh, and you'll see a products and services link there. Or if you're not familiar with anything, sign up for the Music Marketing Blueprint and you'll get a free video presentation that walks you through or gives you a broad overview of uh, everything that I that I teach and do for my clients. Um, all right, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.